Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. Let us find mercy, as we always do, and grace, we always do, and help, we always do. In our time of need, and whether we know it or not, we need you more. We need you more than we know, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for yanking our chain and reminding us not to proceed without you. Because we really do need you, Lord, every every step, every minute, every hour. And we love you for it, taking care of us like you do. We might, we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, today I thought, well, I, I teach this topic quite a bit, so I had to dance around with some titles. But uh, this one is titled, Talk to My Lawyer. Amen. Talk to My Lawyer. So, praise God. Amen. So, uh, it's, it's always good to, uh, not try to plead your own case because your case has already been pled. Amen. You've already entered a plea when you received Jesus as your Savior, your Lord. You received Him as your advocate, your high priest. You received every attribute that he has to offer. And so many times we are still uh, fighting our own battles or, or wrestling against flesh and blood, which we should know better by now. You know, I mean, there's times where we want to uh, say people are our problem, but people are never our problem. Amen. Uh, it's, it's only how you look at things. And so as believers, we realize that we are in a spiritual war. This has nothing to do with the person next to you, the person you work for, the relative that you don't get along with so good. It has nothing to do with that, but it has everything to do with the spirit and how God has positioned his people and how he has ordained that we would do his will in the earth. So really your, your, your situation has more to do with your um, your relationship with God than it does to do with people. Um, and I wish people would really understand that. I mean it takes some work to get yourself settled in that, that you're not your 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 adversary does not have skin on them. You know, your adversary is invisible. Uh, he moves through people, uh, but you won't do any good wrestling on that level. You'll do better if you just deal with the spiritual forces behind uh what's going on in your life and in 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 order to do that though you have to walk close to god you know you just can't stay in the flesh all the time and want to bind something you know uh, <laughs> you you'll bind yourself uh but but you have to walk with god and get his wisdom get his timing get his understanding uh, of things and, and, uh, you know, just, just to move with him, uh, in the things related to, to the realm of the spirit. And so God has decided that he wants to, uh, minister for us. He wants to defend us. He wants to vouch for us because really the, the, the Calvary was a legal uh, move on God's part. Uh, it legally settled the score of the debts that we had. And so when we receive Christ, 
receive all our debts canceled, but the enemy wants to put us in debt again. He wants to keep trying to pull us over into where he wants to make us responsible for our lives again. And really, we are not. The only thing you're responsible for is obeying God's one commandment, and that's love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, and see if the enemy can get us to fail on one of those love commands, then he's got us over in his territory where failure is pretty imminent. You know, uh, I see people who have been in church 10, 15 years and still hold grudges against people, and they want to talk about people, what they did to them, and how they didn't treat them right, and all that kind of stuff. And And, and you look at, the progress that they've made, they make very little progress. Then they're mad because they look around and see everybody else seems to be doing better than they are. Why aren't they making any? You understand what I'm saying? It's a trap and it's a trick of the enemy to keep us bound all the time. And then when we find ourselves in a position that's not advantageous, we don't know how to get ourselves out of it. So the way out is is what's been necessary all along. And that is to to get yourself right before God. God, I'm going to stop hating people. Please forgive me for being the first one to want to accuse everybody and and side with the devil. You know, we we have to quit accusing uh people because there's nothing wrong with people. You know, nothing that God hasn't fixed already. And so once you begin to walk in a continual forgiveness and instant forgiveness, you know, you don't have to sit around and, and, and stew about things and grudge hold and want people to change because you don't like them and all that kind of petty stuff. We've got to grow beyond that and realize that God has already fixed whatever we think is wrong with us, with others, with people we haven't met yet. He's fixed it already. Amen. So it's not that it's not fixable. It's just that we look at it that way. If we don't let it go, then we're going to be in a fix ourselves. And so we have to learn how to instantly forgive. Doesn't matter who it is and what they did. It's demanded that we forgive because if you don't, you won't, won't be able to love. Amen. So forgiveness is, is, is the key to love. It walks in hand in hand with love. And so if we will learn those principles, uh, we will, we will, uh, get very, very far as far as overcoming and overcoming. That's what you want to do. You want to use, live a life, um, not where you dodge the devil all the time, but when you're not afraid of him and you know how to confront him and overcome him when he starts to attack you. And so if we will live that life humble before God and live that life pleasing to God, then there's nothing that we can't overcome that the enemy might throw at us. And in one of the ways we overcome is to let our advocate do the talking for us. We don't have to speak for ourselves. You don't have to say anything to anybody. Unless God gives you words to say, but it's just good to be at peace with people, to to forgive things in your heart and, and let them go and, and let God have it so that uh, it'll turn for your good and it'll help you um, in in all of the things that you have to do uh, in life, period. And, and so the way to stay out from 
the accusation of the devil is to plead the blood. Like we would always say, enter your plea, you know, again, which you have already entered a plea of the blood when you accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord. He's there to lead you and guide you, but he's also there to counsel you and to help you and to speak on your behalf. And if there are words to say, he will give you the words to say. And so we have to walk in that place where we're very close to the Lord so that he can keep us counseled as to what to do and and keep us in perfect peace. And so in uh you know I was thinking about uh uh Henry Groover, the late Henry Groover, he's gone to be with the Lord 2 years ago, but he he is and was the original prayer walker. He walked um Oh gosh, I used to know how many miles and how many countries he walked in. But, but he started walking, he says, I started when I was 17 years old, I just graduated from high school, and he tells a testimony, you know, so forth and so on. But he said God gave him two things to do that he continued to do throughout his ministry. And that is one, he, he said, uh, he, he said he was passing out tracks he had made a commitment to god pass out a hundred tracks in a weekend i don't even know how he you know but anyway god helped him you understand what i'm saying but but he said to henry he said henry you're afraid to talk to people about me aren't you now this is some somebody that has a heart for god just like sometimes we were when we started i know i've been afraid to approach people and do you know the Lord? Do you know this? I mean, you know, how do you engage people and so forth and so on? But see, God will help you with all of the things that, that we are fearful of. And he said, yes, Lord. He said, and I'm not ashamed of you. He said, well, Henry, why don't you talk, talk to me about people? Instead of talking to people about me, you talk to me about people and I will help you. I'll give you what to say. And so uh he said, when you come in contact with a person, tell me what you see. Are they good? Do you see good or do you see evil? And many people he saw evil on because he went into some very difficult places and cities where he had to uh, walk and win those cities over for the Lord, take territory back for God, all of that stuff. So he would walk and pray. And reclaim that territory for the Lord. And he would run into gang members. He said there was a gang member that he was walking these streets. And he said this man came up to him from behind and put a knife to his throat. And he said, you've been walking my streets for three nights now. What do you want? And Henry said within himself, he told the Lord, he said, oh, Lord. He said, he doesn't mean me good. And the Lord told him always, if you see evil, immediately forgive that person. Remitting sins, just, he said, and God said, if you do that, that causes me to lift the burden of guilt of their sin off of them. He said, and and then ask me to show them my goodness. And so he would soften people's hearts over and over and over again. Henry was cornered in a cave by five Taliban that were going to, they told him he was CIA and they were going to skin him alive. And they had the pliers out. 
But he did that. It, this is how he conquered territory and cities and continents for God. Simple forgiveness, which we skip over a lot as believers because we don't consider that that important. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, if you stay with a solid foundation, that foundation will never steer you wrong. It will always build you, do you good. It will always be successful and build you up. And he never got slack and careless in that, in that realm, in that forgiveness realm, in that remitting sins and, and, and releasing people from the burden of their own sins. And so he found out in God and he would say, tell God, well, they're not asking for forgiveness. And God said, it doesn't matter. He said, whoever sends you forgive, they are forgiven, remitted. Whoever sends you retain, they're retained. So don't retain these people's sins. Release it so that I can help them. And this is what, this is how he took whole cities and continents for God. He would go, he said, about 10 months out of the year. He would go walking for the Lord and he's walked every continent, every, he's even been in Antarctica, Iceland, places like that, reclaiming territory for God. And he's gone to the worst places, witchcraft, snakes taking over a whole island. He went over to that island and he said two years later, he went back and they had br- built a bridge from the mainland to the island again. All the snakes were gone and they had crops flourishing in those areas and people living there. You don't do that unless you're able to forgive. And the power that's in that, that's why the enemy always plays it cheap. He always encourages us to hold on to grudges and, and think about mean things that happen to us and bad people and all. He, he just constantly crowds our thinking with that kind of nonsense. Or who didn't come and visit us on Mother's Day or Father's Day or when we were in the hospital or birthday? Who didn't take me out for dinner and it was my birthday? You know, we always take them out. Not about it, you know. Huh? Need to cut it out. We really do. Because I see the body of Christ getting more and more steeped into pettiness in some areas. Smallness. Because when you turn on the TV and you turn on the news, what do they project all the time? Accusation. So-and-so's a black, a white supremacist and a racist. And I get so sick of that nonsense. And people believe it. People stay angry and upset at, at different people because somebody told them what to believe about them. Well, when are we going to believe what God tells us to believe? When are we going to believe that report of the Lord? Amen. We need to do that and cut this nonsense. That is not food for Christians. That is not your, that's not your portion. The Lord is our portion. Amen. And we're going to have to take this seriously and, and cut this nonsense out, this pettiness and, you know, backbiting and shade throwing and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's not for us. That's not our portion. Period. So if you're Christian for a reason and that's to bring light, salt, goodness, forgiveness, blessing to the earth. And we can only do it if we obey God's commands to love and to forgive. So in Revelation 12, I think it's verse 11. In 10, it says, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. 
So salvation should bring strength to us. Amen. And the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So if the enemy's bombarding your ears with you ain't this, you ain't that, you can't have this, you can't have that. If you're healed, why do you still limping around? If you're healed, why are you still sick? If you're healed, you understand what I'm saying? That's accusation. Amen. And he says that the accuser of our brethren is cast down. So his words aren't true. They're not strong. They're not supported. He's very, very weak. And that's now. This is not somewhere in the future. This is now. And he says, we, he accused them day and night before our God, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So when it says you love not your life, that's you're wanting to hold grudges. See? Don't hold on to that until the death. Amen. You, you gotta let go of loving your life and loving being exalted and loving being the one that, that nobody treats well. Loving being that person. You gotta stop that. Love being the person that's, that's saved and has strength and that, that the accuser of the brethren is under your feet and you don't listen to him anymore. But this thing about accusation is why we plead the blood. Because once the enemy starts accusing us, if we sit and listen to that, we'll start to believe it. And if we start to believe it, we'll start to feel defeated. And if we start to feel defeated, we cannot overcome. And so this is how he plays his game. He gets us involved in something and he sees we're slow to forgive. And he starts to zero in. And just hammer it, hammer it, hammer it day and night until pretty soon we start to weaken and we start to verbalize it. We start to join in with his little chorus. Amen. And so we have to, and that's why you renew your mind in the word of God. But I can tell you right now, letting go of that stuff immediately is the best way to defeat him. Just don't listen to him at all. Amen. You know the source of something. Don't listen to it. You don't have to hear what he has to say. He's a liar. And he's, uh, you know, everything about him is fake and phony. And so we don't listen to that. Uh, so we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. You need to know that when the enemy accuses you of something, when you plead the blood, that accusation has to be proven by him you don't have to defend why it's not true he's got the proof is on his end so he's got to prove you're not healed he's got to prove that you're not forgiven he's got to prove you're not a bad person he's got to prove amen so the proof is on his is on that the burden of proof is on him amen any court of law tell you that. You go into court and somebody, you're the defendant. You got to defend yourself. Well, the plaintiff has to bring forth his evidence first. And when you plead the blood, there's no evidence. But if you don't do that, you're going to have to defend something that's not even worth defending. You start engaging with the enemy and he will make up lie after lie after lie. And you start going chasing them, trying to defend them and trying to, you know, 
you have a long time trying to stand up under because he can make them up faster than you can bat them back over the fence. You know what I'm saying? So we have to understand what, what we're up against and your best defense is the one you had when you first got saved. And that is the blood of Jesus. In fact, that should be your only defense. And you begin to let the blood speak for you. You let the blood defend you. The blood will speak on your behalf. And so when you, when you understand what overcoming is, you're not overcoming sickness. You're not overcoming anything. You're overcoming words that are coming at you to make you feel that God has not done for you what he has done. Amen. So the enemy tries to move us off our position of I am healed or I am prosperous or I have a good job. I have a secure future. He tries to move us off every position that God has given us and he does it by this simple thing of accusation. And it's amazing how people will entertain things about them that they know are not true. And, and think, well, maybe there is some truth to that, or maybe that is something I need to do, or maybe I'm wrong about this. You know how it goes. We, we start to waver. And so that's why the Bible tells us to hold fast our confession. Hold fast. Why? Because the enemy is constantly bombarding us, trying to get us to loosen our grip on things. Amen. And so if we don't realize that there's an accusation out there that, that the enemy wants us to entertain and, and wants us to think about it, you know, think about, is this true? Is this what it's supposed to be? Or, you know, whatever. Am I wrong? You know, you, you've got to be right at least half the, half the, half the time. Amen. A broken clock is is right twice a day. You understand what I'm saying? So you couldn't be that bad. You know, if you belong to God, you're definitely not. So we we have to understand that 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 the enemy will come up with some things. He'll always come up with things that sound okay. You know, sound a little like they're because they used to be true about us. Many of the things, and that's what he does. He'll dig up old stuff. That we used to be guilty of, but since we met the Lord, we're not guilty. And I don't care if you continue to do them. You're still not guilty. Amen? Because he's judged us not guilty. That's what the blood is for. And so once you understand the power of the blood to eradicate and annihilate sin, guilt, sickness, everything that goes along with it, then you'll be more confident when the enemy tries to accuse you or comes up to you and tells you this thing and that thing is wrong with your life. And the reason you're here is because you did this and all of this kind of stuff. It's, 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 it's good to stay focused on what is the truth. And the truth is I belong to Jesus and he's paid the price for everything that I need past, present and future. And so I don't have to languish in this place of pettiness and, and defending myself and, and always having to come up with a reason and an excuse and, and all of that. I, I, all I have to do is say, just go talk to my lawyer. You know, just, just go talk to him. 
because I have nothing to say on the matter anymore. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and your testimony is what the blood says. Amen. That's your testimony. Your testimony isn't, well, you know, I, I didn't mean it and I, I, I know I have faults. Don't ever agree with that stinking devil like that. You don't have any faults. Amen. If you, if you think that, then you're saying the blood of Jesus is not what he says it is. He took your faults already. Amen. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't own up to anything before the devil. You know, now you talk to God about it and God, you tell me what, what's going on here because I'm believing that, that this thing is mine already. I'm believing that, that I'm, I'm healed already and I'm trusting Holy Spirit that you lead me and guide me in the, the lifestyle that's going to support that and it's going to make my healing manifest totally. See, the rest of it's going to come through for me because you keep me on the right road. See, you don't have to be responsible for anything. You understand what I'm saying? Just simple obedience to God. He says, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We need to start finding out what that really means as far as God's concerned. What does that mean for us to love him with everything that's in us? Get up and worship him. First of all, worship him and get in your word and and, and bless him and thank him and and, and always have that, that understanding that he is a source of everything good in your life. Anything good comes from him. And and get a good understanding from God about what he expects and how he expects you to live your life and go about living your life. And expect good to happen. Expect good to be accelerated. Expect good all the time. Don't ever expect anything negative to happen or anything wrong to happen. You know, sometimes things happen and people say, I knew something. You know, how did you know that? What's your mind been on all this time? Why won't you hold fast to your confession of faith? Amen. And and quit being a false prophet over your own life. You know, I knew this was going to happen. How'd you know that? Who told you? You know, like God asked Adam, (laughs) who told you that? Because that knowledge didn't come from me and you used to get everything you knew from me. Now you know something different. Huh? So, so we need to know what God knows about us and about other people. Just start knowing what God knows and walk in that. Amen. And don't let the enemy distract you from it. He'll start trying to make you notice people's faults and notice what you consider faults. Like, who are you to judge people? You know what I'm saying? Judge them according to your standard, which don't even keep bread on your table most of the time. You know what I'm saying? We all fight the same devil. Amen. And so we have to learn how to walk in that, that place with God where we're humble to him. We let him do our fighting for us. We let him do our talking for us. We let him give us what we need to say in response to the enemy. And really that you can totally ignore the devil and just don't let his words sink in. When he starts that accusation, you know, the first thing he'll start asking you when you're standing for something is, why don't you have it yet? (laughs) And see, most people try to think of a reason why they don't have it yet. But you have it. 
You see? And see, what the enemy does, he does little things to get your carnal mind engaged and get your defensiveness engaged and get you feeling accused and get you feeling downtrodden. And that's his time to zero in and start chipping away at your stand of faith on the things that you're believing God for. And he he will erode your faith and, and chip away and chip away. And then you begin to doubt and you begin to waver and you begin to move off of your position of I have it now. Amen. Remember that this morning when you got up and you worship God and you thanked him for everything that you have right now. I'm healed now. God, I receive it right now. I have it right now. This is mine now. I thank you for it now. And then throughout the course of the day, little things happen and you start to get some little concern here for this, concern for that. And pretty soon the enemy has caused your mind to drift off of your possession of what you declared you possessed and get you to looking at something in the natural that looks like it's going the opposite direction. And he'll start probing you as to why. And see... We already talked about the parable of the seed. When you plant it, you wake up day and night, and one day it pops up. You don't know how. So you can't even answer that question as to why you don't have something now. You need to just go back to, I have it. No, devil, I have it. I don't know what you're talking about. I have it now. And that's my final word on the subject. Because, see, if you go for that, you'll start to try and figure out things God doesn't want you to try to figure out. And that is how it's going to happen. That's not our business. Our business is to take our stand, confess what we believe, stay with our confession, and then God brings it to pass. So what the enemy does is he tries to get you probing into God's business. God says you can have what I say if you believe in your heart that the things you say will come to pass. You can't bring them to pass, but you can believe that they will come to pass. So you can believe that they'll they'll happen and you don't have to know how it happens because you don't know. And God's not going to tell us a lot of stuff because it's off the track of where we're supposed to be. See, you got enough to do just to hold on to your confession. We've got enough to do to keep our minds focused on the words so that they, that we really believe what we say and we believe that it will come to pass. So if, if you just start thinking about it, what's it, when is it? No, uh-uh, I'm not going to go there because this will come to pass. That's God's job to bring it to pass. It's not my job to bring it to pass and it's not my job to understand why this, why that, why the other. Because mostly we can't fix it anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even if God were to stop and say, well, the reason why you don't have this yet is because of yada, 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 yada. Well, God, I really don't know what to do about all that. That's why he doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> you see? And, but he, if it is something, he fixes it as we go. As we go believing, he begins to fix things in our faith. Fix things in our believing. Fix things in our confession. Get us stronger on what we believe. Get us more committed to what we believe. And, and so that when these thoughts come to us, 
we don't even bother with them. We said, nope, I believe it's going to happen. I choose to believe what God says about me. And that is, I am healed. I am prosperous. No matter what my physical man looks like, I'm healed anyway. Amen. And and there are some things you just don't need to consider. Sometimes you don't need to look at certain things and consider not uh, like Abraham did. He was able to not consider his age, his physical condition, and whether or not naturally he could uh, conceive a child. He just didn't think about it. What did he think about what God told him was going to happen? See, and this is where we have to get to where we... That that promise is our meditation day and night and where we're thanking God for uh, doing this for us already. And we're assured it belongs to us now. We have it now and and focus on not wavering. See, focus on not giving in when the enemy throws doubt at you. Focus in on strengthening what you believe God for. And and not just one particular thing all the time. Let your faith be used for other things as well. Amen. And just live a life of faith. And before you know it, everything that you've been believing God for and struggling over will come and deposit itself at your doorstep. Amen. Because he's a faithful God. And and sometimes we we start to get worried and we think we're being uh, diligent with our confession and we've let some worry get in there. And so we have to lay that down sometimes and say, God, you know what? I'm, I'm just letting you have this. I'm going to trust you with this. And when it's time for me to, to start talking to you about it again, I trust that you will let me know that I don't have to be insecure and, and keep trying to make sure I'm saying enough and doing enough. This enough stuff is for the birds. Amen. Because that's part of the enemy's accusation. He always wants us to think that we're falling short when when God, we're using Jesus' faith. So how could our faith be not good enough when we're using his faith? So you put your faith in him. So that means your faith is is more than adequate and more than sufficient for everything that we need. So So when Jesus died, he ascended into heaven and he put blood on the mercy seat. So that blood is there as a testimony for us. And the blood actually is alive and it speaks. It will speak on our behalf. Amen. And so this is why blood was always sprinkled on the mercy seat as a testimony. Now, when it was a the blood of bulls and goats, it was a testimony that your sins were paid for. And it's the same thing with the blood of Jesus, that your sins are paid for. So anything the enemy would accuse you of not doing enough of, not being capable of, or not whatever your shortcoming, you think your shortcoming might be, the blood must testify that that you are adequate for the job. That, that you're more than enough for what God has you down here doing. That, that you're not lacking in anything. See, the blood was final payment, was total payment for everything that we require in life. 
And so if, if that blood will, if, and if you get accused and you plead the blood, that blood steps up to the, the throne and speaks on your behalf. Oh, no, no, no. This one's paid for. No, she's more than adequate. She's more than covered. She's, she has this because, you know, she's trusting in what I did at Calvary and I paid for this. I paid for that. Here's your receipt. Faith is always your receipt. Amen. So when, when you get accused of something by the enemy, if you let the blood testify, then you come out with your faith stronger than weaker. So you don't have to defend yourself and say, well, I didn't do that. I did that. Well, I didn't mean this. I meant that. Well, I didn't, you know, in a thousand explanations, uh, cut that out and tell the devil to go talk to your lawyer. In fact, we need to talk to our lawyers sometimes because we're the ones carrying around all the negative thoughts and, and fearful ideas and what if, oh boy, here I am out on a limb believing God for something and I don't have this yet and that. How many of you know you're still here and you still have a roof over your head and you still have clothes and you still have food, you still have everything. So, so God didn't drop you. So somehow with all your shortcomings, flaws, and faults, he took care of you, right? That's mercy. See, the blood talks for you that you're not responsible for that anymore. Amen? You're not responsible for your shortcomings. Now, that not, is not to say that you live a life of of just going through life not caring about everything. But there are going to be things where we all fall, fall short. Amen? There going to be some things where you don't and some things you measure up and you don't think you do you know you may not feel like you measure up sometimes but i'm telling you the blood comes in and begins to testify on your behalf because the blood records everything the blood knows everything has taken care of everything and it, it can speak more adequately on your behalf than you can amen so so we have to remember that. So in holding on to what God has given us, amen, we are, when we take our stand of faith, we want to hold fast to that confession. Why don't you turn to Hebrews 3 so we don't, I, I don't like to skim through. Just make sure we read as much as possible. Some things you just know, but, you know, you don't want to skim. <laughs> Hebrews 3 1 he says wherefore holy brethren partakers and that's us of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest of our profession Christ Jesus so he is the apostle the sent one the high priest over our profession or confession who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in his, in his house. And then over in, uh, Hebrews four, I think it's 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So then let us come boldly 
to the throne of grace that we may have mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So because Jesus is a high priest that has been through what we go through, that's, that was the reason they pulled them from the, among people. Your, your high priest is a person just like you are. And so you don't have somebody who's sitting judging, not knowing what you've gone through or what you're going through. And so that compassion that he feels for us is very, very valuable in the way he ministers. Amen. Because they can minister in a way that somebody who really doesn't have that experience cannot minister for us. And, 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 and that you need to understand. That's why he came and, and humbled himself and became a human being so that he could go through a life. You could never say, well, God, you don't know what it's like and you can't judge me because you understand we would have an accusation against him, a valid one, if he had not come and lived in our place. And I think that's why a lot of times when we go to the Lord, we have total peace about coming out with the right answer, coming out with with that he's for us, he's a friend, He's not judging us and, and kind of standing at arm's length and making us do certain things to a certain level before he'll hear us even. Um, it, it, it kind of makes him our friend. Amen. We, we become one with him and he understands and he sees. Jesus did many things out of that level of compassion that we see in the Bible that, uh, that, that, that we understand when he would look at uh say the woman that he healed in the synagogue and he said this woman's a daughter of abraham she ought to be healed she's one of us you know she's entitled to this we need to do something for her and and that's that urgency that he always had to help people out uh when he the multitude followed him and he fed all those people he didn't have to do that because the disciples didn't have his level of compassion. And what did they say? Let's send them away before it gets too late because we can't feed everybody. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so Jesus said, nope, you feed them. I want you to feel for people just the way I feel for people. And so this is, this is, is very, very valuable to us that we have somebody ministering, even though he is the son of God, he still wears that character he still wears that humanity he still is in a body it's glorified now but he still has understanding of how to minister for us in a great way and so it's it's just good to rely on that and lean into that jesus you know how this feels you know what i'm going through you you understand me you you have an answer for me because you have all power and yet you have a heart that's easily touched by what I'm going through. So never feel like your faith is inadequate in God's eyes. Don't ever feel that because that's not true. Amen. His grace is sufficient for us in all things. Amen. And that unmerited favor that you can't earn that he just gives out because of his goodness. That's we're entitled to that. See, that's our portion. 
That's what he gives us. And so always know that he's for us. He's the blood pleads for us. The blood testifies for us. Amen. On our behalf. If the word also tells us to be steadfast and immovable in our position, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So don't ever um, cut back on what you do for God. If God's put things on your heart to do, do them with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't ever look at what other people do for God and disdain it. You know, is it, you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Don't, don't ever say that because these are things. See, you're judging into things that you have no business judging in. And God will hold you accountable for all these false judgments you do. See, because God's grace is sufficient. Like I would look at people like, like, say for instance, Henry Groover. I just mentioned him, the prayer walker. Um, you look at what he does and you, you think to yourself, Oh wow, I don't know if I could do that. But you could, because God, just like God graced him, he will grace you. But we're not to disdain what another person does as being either beneath us or too hard or God's telling them to do something that, that's not right to do. Um, judgment is so easy to pick up. But it's best to let it go and not judge because God knows what he's doing with people. And if it's something that that is God ordained in the furthering of the gospel, you need to say, well, God, I'm going to pray for him to continue because somebody's got to do it. If that's a work that's necessary, somebody's got to do it. Show me my portion. You know, if I can pray for him, I'll pray for him. Show me what they need. Uh, If I can send them an offering, I'll do that. Just just to do my portion and my part so that I'm not judging it, disdaining it, but that I'm supporting it and encouraging it. Amen. And and that's really what we all should do and we all can do those things. So um so you need to know that that uh the accusation of the devil is a false witness. Amen. It is a false witness. The blood is the only true witness that we have. Amen. That we can, that we can get to testify on our behalf. Proverbs 619 says that a false witness is an abomination to God. So the accuser of the brethren, his false accusations, that's an abomination to God. Amen. He won't stand for it and it won't stand in the throne room. It won't stand in his presence. So, uh, if you're redeemed, symptoms are lies and they are a false witness because they are testifying to something that you don't have. Amen. And, and we have to understand how God thinks about these things. Um, whenever symptoms occur in your body, you need to address them. And, and say, I'm not receiving this because I am redeemed from the curse of sickness. I am healed. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus paid the full price for my sins. I don't have to bear the burden for them anymore. These symptoms are lying. They are not, they don't belong to me. 
and I will plead the blood over this and allow the blood of Jesus to testify that this sickness is paid for. Jesus bore it. God made him sick. He put sin on him and sickness on him. He made him sin and he made him sick so that I don't have to have either one of them. And I receive what the blood of Jesus says for me and not this lying symptom in my body. Amen. And and if God tells you, well, go get it checked out, then go get it checked out. Amen. If if there's some treatment involved until your faith begins to grab hold and begin to fight them in a way that, you know, you're in you're getting getting the advantage over these symptoms, then do that. But never accept them as belonging to you. Never accept them as legitimate. Never accept the diagnosis as belonging to you. Amen. I know what you're saying, doctor, but the Bible tells me that I am healed, that I am redeemed from the curse of sickness. I don't have to receive this and I'm not going to receive it. Now, you treat me the way you want to treat me. I'll pray about everything that we do here, but this is not my portion. This is not what I partake of. And, And let him let the devil talk to your lawyer about it. Let the word of God begin to speak and kill this abomination before God because God does not want us to bear up under a false witness. Amen. When you see anything erupting on your body, that is not for you. Amen. It is a false witness and it is trying to testify to something that is not yours. Amen. It's an accusation. That's what an accusation is. It's something that the enemy is putting, trying to put on us with very little evidence. Amen. Very little evidence. Because the blood of Jesus has taken away all the evidence. It's taken away your sin. It's taken away your sickness. It's taken away weakness. It's taken away iniquity. It's taken away everything. So the enemy has very little evidence for anything that he's trying to put on us. Amen. Very little. We, we, if we don't magnify it, it won't be as big as we say it is. Amen. Or as he's trying to make it, but he tries to put it back on us by making us think that somehow we did something to make God change his mind about what he's already given us. And God never changes his mind. His mind was made up before we even got here. From the foundation of the earth, he, he declared us sinless, guiltless, free. Amen. Free of all the enemy's power. The Bible also says a false witness shall not go unpunished. Amen. So the enemy, you can rebuke him. You can tell him to leave you alone. The blood will testify on your behalf. Amen. Oh no, this sickness does not belong to them because on X day, they accepted Jesus as their healer. Amen. He's not just the the savior, but he's the healer. The blood must always testify truth because it is under oath. So the blood is the oath part of the covenant. So because the blood is always under oath, it must testify true. That's why Jesus would say, verily, verily, that means truly, truly, I say unto you. That's the oath part of your covenant. The promise 
is sickness can't stay in your body. Amen. The promise is you're healed. But the oath part is the part that testifies to you every day. That tells you Jesus took this. That assures you that the the work of Calvary was a complete and total work. You don't have to do anything to add to it. You don't have to alter it in any way. But it is a complete and a total work. And, and it it helps us to understand that the responsibility for our healing is not on us. It's on God still. Amen. It's still on God. And see, many times accusation comes to try to wear us down and get us to think there's something else we need to be doing. When Jesus said, only believe, believe and not doubt. Amen. And so what the enemy does with these accusations, he tries to get us to doubt what God has already done. And our best defense is talk to my lawyer, plead the blood, go see what the blood has done for me. The blood is already paid for this. The blood is full and total payment. And I don't need to pay anything else. There's nothing else I need to do is just continue to stand on what I believe and what we've declared so far. So Jesus took blood into the throne room at heaven, spread it on the mercy seat, and he ministers mercy to everybody that comes to him by faith. Amen. So come to him believing that his blood is total payment for everything. Come to him believing that there's nothing to be added to it. And he will will begin to minister over our stance and over our confession. And you will find if if you if you really, really watch and you really, really are diligent about it, you'll find that either your faith is growing and you're more confident. That's one of the benefits of having him minister over our confession. It gets stronger and stronger every time you speak it. Every time you say, thank you, Lord, I'm healed and I receive my healing now. I have it now. Amen. I'm healed now. In spite of what symptoms say, I'm healed now. Don't let certain things that that you have to do in the natural bother you. Amen. If you have to take pills, just talk to the pills. Say, one day real soon, I won't have to take you anymore. You know, if you have to address something, if if you find that that kind of starts to weigh on your mind a little bit, you start to tell them, I'm not going to have to take you pretty soon anymore. We sometimes equate pills with healing and not healing. But that, that it doesn't always add up like that all the time. Sometimes you'll be off pills, but you'll still have symptoms. You got me? Or sometimes you'll be symptom free and you still got to take the pills and then you're concerned if I quit taking them, will the symptoms come back? But there will come a day if you continue to stand on the word where all of that will not matter and it won't bug you anymore. And that's where your faith is, is completed. And you're totally free and you know you're free. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, they, the Bible says she knew within herself she was healed. When you're healed, you know it. Amen. And if you're wavering at all, just stay with what you're doing. Keep feeding yourself the word every day. Keep speaking the word over your body. Keep anticipating, expecting that that word will come to pass just like you say. 
I am healed. I am symptom free. I am pill free. I am disease free. Amen. All of that will happen. Sometimes it'll happen gradually. You'll get a little bit better and, and, uh, you know, doctors will decrease your medication and you go in there and they'll say, uh, um, you know, well, you've been doing this for a while and your blood pressure has been pretty steady. Let's cut back on this one. Amen. Let, let's decrease this one or take this one away. The word's working. See, they don't do that to people who aren't being healed supernaturally. See, there's no other way you can get rid of that. Then by supernatural means. Amen. I was talking to somebody that, that, uh, I, I've been praying with, uh, about something and, and they were, uh, you know, they were dealing with something else in their body and that was getting, getting better and getting better. And they said, uh, the Lord told them, go check your blood pressure. And they did. And he said the blood pressure was was a low normal. And they reported it to the doctor, and the doctor took them off medication. They've been off ever since. And see, it was, it, to me, it was like, well, his focus wasn't that, but he got blessed. Why? Because he's been standing in faith for it all along. And so now the day came where he was able to get free from that and know that he's healed. Amen? And so those things happen, you know, and we don't know how. So when the enemy asks you why you don't have this yet, why you don't have yet that devil, I have it already. You is just not where you can mess with it and steal it from me, which is good. Amen. It's in a safe, secure place. Amen. And so it's away from everybody. And so, uh, so, so this is how healing takes place. It can be immediate. It can be gradual. It can be both. But when you're, you are healed, when you have it already, hold on to it. This is what the, you know, Jesus is trying to encourage us to hold on to your profession. Don't change what you say about your situation. And see, when the enemy starts bombarding us with why this and why that, trying to get answers from us, he's trying to get us to loosen our grip on our confession. Because if you entertain his doubt, your confession is going to weaken, see? So you can't even entertain any thoughts that are negative. And, you know, sometimes we get really curious about stuff. You know, your carnal mind is curious about it himself. He wants to know too, amen? But your spirit is content. So you have to learn how to trust what your spirit has said already. What did I say at the beginning of this? Hmm? I said I was healed. I'm still healed. I'm always going to be healed. And there is nothing wrong with me because Jesus, his blood is testifying on my behalf. The blood keeps record of everything. Amen. And the blood has life in it. It it is a life force even when it's spilled out because it has eternal life. Amen. And so it will speak all the time on our behalf. Amen. So the father is the judge of all and he is seated on the throne of heaven. Jesus is at his right hand. So Jesus is there. The right hand is the place of strength and the place of counsel. So Jesus can always speak up for us to the father so that we can receive what we need. The father is the source of everything. So this is not, it's not like Jesus just gives us stuff illegally. And bypasses the rest of the Godhead. 
This is all legal. And so he begins to discuss with the Father, and the Holy Spirit is the agent. The Holy Spirit carries out what he hears. Amen. What he hears the Father and the Son decide on, he carries that out. So he has your portion for every day. He will tell you what to focus on, what to think on, what to remember from day to day, what to confess, when to worship, when to release your faith, when to release your confidence in God, what to think on, what not to think on. All those things, the Holy Spirit becomes the agent for your uh, healing, for your whatever it is that you need from God. The agency is the Holy Spirit, and he lives in us. Amen. The accuser of the brethren tells us all the time that we're not who God says we are. You're not, your sins haven't been paid for because look at what you're doing now and look at what you did then and look at what you, he's always bringing up the past, bringing up shortcomings, deficiencies. When you find yourself focusing mentally on your past, what you didn't do and how you didn't measure up and all of that, uh, change your thoughts. Amen. The Apostle Paul says, don't think on those things. Think on things that are good, lovely, good report, praiseworthy, thankworthy. Think on those things. So as believers, we have to learn how to change our thoughts to match up with what is going to be healthy for our, our, our minds and healthy for our spirits. See, it's not healthy for you to put yourself down all the time. It's not healthy for you to talk about lack. It's not healthy for you to talk about what's missing and, and what's not right uh, but about yourself or about anybody else. It's not healthy. And so we, we, we have to learn how to build up or edify or strengthen ourselves. And you do it by meditating on the word. Amen. Who you are in Christ, what Jesus has done for you. And see, the blood of Jesus will begin to testify about you to you. You ever have, have, have a day where you, you just think worry, 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 or you can't get it off your mind. You can't shake it off. And then all of a sudden it, it'll reverse. It'll start getting better. You, it's almost like you're, you exhaust your mind of all the negative things it wants to say. It's like your mind got tired of thinking that way all day long. Well, really what happened was the blood begins to testify. Amen. Because he's, he's speaking to us. He's, he's coaching us. He's nudging us off of the edge of the ledge, so to speak. And he's nudging us back over into the realm of safety and faith and encouragement and edifying us. Amen. The Bible talks about that when David was uh, assailed by all the mighty men, all his people. They felt he had let them down because they were out following him and left the family on the goods unattended. and, And they were all carried away. They wanted to stone David. Everything was coming against him. But David knew how to get himself in a position first where he was ready to hear something encouraging from God. Amen. See, the Bible says he eventually went to the priest to get an answer from God. 
But before he did that, what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. So he would not go to God with all of that nonsense hanging on him. He got himself. See, you can be hearing good news and not receive it because you're in a bad mood. And so encouraging yourself in the Lord allows you to let the negative in your brain kind of dissipate and run its course, not respond to it and not have an answer for it. Just let it run its course. And then the Holy Spirit will begin to undertake for you. And you'll begin to say things like, you know what, God, I've spent most of the day in a bad mood because I've been thinking negative. I've been thinking what's going to happen if this doesn't happen, if you don't come through for me. When you've already come through for me, God, there's not a day I can say that you weren't in my life. You weren't helping me. You didn't hear me. You didn't have something good for me because you're good. Everything you do is only good all the time. You understand what I'm saying? And God, I repent for sitting here all day long thinking about all of these scenarios of what could go wrong. When they're not going to happen, there it's an abomination. A false act, a false uh, witness is an abomination. And Father, please forgive me. I've wasted all this time. And Holy Spirit, you've had to sit here and listen to all this because you live in. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? To all of this nonsense that's been going on, and and allow yourself to let the Holy Spirit draw you back into that ark of safety. Draw you back into that zone where everything's good. Draw you back into where you, it's all good and it's all faith. And, and you know, when you first began to pray about this, how excited you were, remember? <laughs> and, and we kind of let things wear us down and it's not really necessary. You can stay up and encouraged and excited about the things of God at all times. You don't have to have down days or, or listening to nonsense from the enemy. Amen. You can always turn it over to the Lord. So before David even went to the priest to get an answer, he went encouraged instead of discouraged. Amen. And and he knew that being encouraged would allow him. See, your encouragement doesn't put God in a better mood to help you. Your encouragement allows you to be in the frame of mind to receive what he tells you. Because, see, we can easily argue with good news if we're in a bad mood. Sometimes you just want to hear something negative because you're negative anyway. You don't care. And so you just get yourself to a place where you're not negative anymore. And you want to hear some good news. Amen? It's just, it's just that way. You know, people, uh, you know, people, we, we run into this all the time sometimes with people. You know, you, you want to encourage them. You want to, and they just don't want to have any of it. You know, it's, you can't give them a scripture because they go off on you. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm doing everything. Oh, okay. So, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so hopefully there will be a time where they will want to hear, you know, hold on. God's for you. He's helping you. He wants, I don't know about that. You you don't want to run into people like that because they're not in a position to even want to hear what God has to say to encourage them. They want to hold on to that uh, negative stuff. And so when we, when we know what God wants for us, 
and we are focused on getting the answer, position yourself to, okay, God, I want to hear what my next move is. And I'm ready to move into that place and, and just give me peace and give me understanding and give me grace to hear you and to trust and to receive what it is that you're expecting me to do. And, and pretty much God just wants us to, to hold on to our profession. You know, there aren't any big changes we need to do most of the time, even though we may feel like we need to. You know how you feel out of sorts? You just don't know what it is. You just aren't your same bubbly self or whatever it is. Um, you, you, oftentimes, you don't need to do anything different. You need to refocus. You go back to your profession of faith. What did I say initially? I said I'm healed. Until the enemy came and started trying to ask me why I wasn't. But you are. So talk to my lawyer. So you can cut that conversation short. Say, devil, I am healed. Don't talk to me about these lying symptoms that you're trying to get me to focus on. That's not my focus. My focus is Jesus and loving him and honoring him and getting holding fast to my profession. That's what I'm going to do today, devil. And you can't talk me out of it. Amen. So talk to my lawyer if you want any further instruction on what to do about what I just said. Amen. That's who you talk to. And and you don't have to answer every voice and every question that comes to your head. You don't have to answer for everything. You just need to continue doing what God has given you to do. Amen. So the accuser of the brethren always tells us we're responsible. We're inadequate. Our faith is not strong enough. Our faith is not good enough. He's really accusing Jesus of not having the faith to help us. So that's the Lord's faith he's accusing. You see? Because when you believe the word, you put your faith in God. And you live by the faith of the Son of God now. You're living by his faith. You're not really living by your faith. Amen? His faith is always perfect. It's always sufficient. It's always adequate. It's just that you have to put it in him, no matter how big or how small. What did he say? If you have a faith, how big? Grain of a mustard seed. Amen. You know, don't get confused with with the faith that they used before he went to Calvary. Amen. Before it was, oh, ye of little faith. You know, where is your faith? Wherefore did you doubt? All that kind of stuff. Now. He says, have faith in God. So when we put our faith in God, we have the God kind of faith that calls things that be not as though they are. So you can confidently say, I'm healed even with symptoms in your body. Amen. Don't say, say you're healed when you're not healed because you are healed. That's a decree. That's a legal position. Amen. Legally, you're healed. Amen. So take the legal route out. If the enemy begins to accuse you, refer him to your lawyer. This is in the court of heaven now. So you don't have to defend yourself down here on earth. Amen. You don't have to do any of these earth dealings at all. Heaven will come down and complete what he's begun in you. Amen. 
your faith, when it starts out as a grain of a mustard seed, actually begins to grow. And you get more confident. You get more assured. You get more as long as you are feeding your faith and starving doubts. Amen. You don't feed doubt. You feed faith. So you just continue to to worship God and read your word and bless God for this word that I have. And God, did I thank you yet that I'm healed today? I just want to thank you. I have my healing now, Lord. Amen. I receive it now. That's a legal transaction. Now, symptoms and all of that, he can help you fight them if they get too much for you. He, that's his job to direct you how to manage symptoms. He's not going to leave you. See, a lot of times people think, well, if I don't do anything, and I he's going to let me suffer. He suffered already for you. See, that's another abomination accusation of the devil. How is he standing, letting you stand in faith, and then he's going to let you fall apart in the process? That's not God. That's not mercy. So don't let your little imagination run away with you. You know, people think if you take a stand on the word, it's going to be so hard and you're really going to suffer. And you, do you understand what I'm saying? That's not true. You ask him for what you need every day. If you need relief from pain, ask him. Amen. You know, if you have to go to the doctor and get something for the pain, go get it. Amen. You know, he's not leaving you out there where you'll fall apart before your, you know, your healing totally manifests. That's just not the way he does things. He won't do that to you. He's a God full of mercy. He's a good God. Good, good people don't do that to other people. Amen. So don't, don't get your mind all twisted. You know, the enemy is good of, at exaggerating things, making them sound worse than what they are. Amen. And, and, and putting fear in us. How is God a good God and a God of grace and mercy and you're scared of him and what he might put you through if you trust him? Good gravy. You know, he's, he's stronger than that. Amen. He's, he's more compassionate than that. People that came up to Jesus got healed immediately or as they went, they started to amend immediately. Amen. And that's what, that's his standard. That's what he wants for us. He wants, and we do, we start to, we start to heal immediately when we start to believe. And time really has nothing to do with it. It really doesn't. It it just, time is a factor. That's all. You know, sometimes you can shorten time. And if you want to do that, ask God how to do it. Amen. Uh, and sometimes time will just take care of itself. But don't let that bug you. Don't let the passage of time bother you. Don't let these things uh, bother you. Amen. So the accuser of the brethren wants to make us responsible, not Jesus. He confirms his accusations by giving us symptoms of sickness that will lead to death if it weren't for the fact that we are healed. The symptoms are a false witness because in a person who's not saved, they would be true. But in us, they're false. Why? Because we're healed already. So the symptoms don't really point to anything. Amen. So it's best to treat symptoms lightly. 
Don't let them move you one way or the other. If they get too bad, God has a remedy for them. Amen. <clears throat> he has a ready remedy for you. It may be something in the natural. Don't go fishing everywhere for your answer. Let that request come before his throne and let him direct you to what you need to do to get relief. Amen. Symptoms respond very well to consider not. And you may start out. It's amazing to me sometimes people start out taking pills or pain pills or something like that for a symptom. And then one day you forget to take them. What happened? Huh? The consider not factor happened because when you don't consider it and don't see it as a threat, it doesn't become a threat and you don't feel threatened by it so you don't feel you have to do something about it. That part of it works. But also that word that you're taking every day is taking root on the inside of you. And so what we do is is if you need symptom relief, you do that, but you put the word in too. You don't forget the word and just go for treating symptoms. Amen. Eventually, that word will take enough root where it will drive every single symptom out of your body. Every single one. That you won't be left with not one. They can't stand up under the word. And if you continually declare that you are healed in spite of how you feel, in spite of what the enemy tells you, in spite of what he tries to take away from you and he accuses you of. He always accuses us of not having enough faith. That's just so common. That one we need to skip over, you know, because it's, I mean, really, it's old already. You know, now at one time I did, I know we all used to fall for that. How do I get more faith? God, you know. And then I thought to myself, I said, well, I have faith in you, Jesus. This is your faith that's that's driving this train. Amen. And so it all boils down to talk to my lawyer. When the accusations come, feelings of inadequacy come, you let the blood speak for you. Amen. You let the blood take care of the argument and that way it'll be taken care of. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, Father, we do thank you for what you've deposited in our hearts today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that cleanses us, testifies on our behalf. The blood was there when all of this was paid for. The blood is payment, and it will say, I paid for that. They don't have it anymore. And so we thank you, Lord, that we don't have it anymore, that we are healed in spite of what our bodies tell us, in spite of what symptoms might say, in spite of limitations, in spite of what happens day to day, we are still healed and we stand on that. And we'll continue to stand on that because it is the truth. And we thank you, Lord, and the blood is under oath to testify and tell the truth for us at all times. So we thank you for that, Lord, and we bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes... We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. Praise God. Amen.